Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So what have you done to your hair? <laughs> um, I have cut my own hair today. Why? Well, I knew, we were, <laughs> why? Because I hate hairdressers for starters. and okay, Probably not a good reason, not a good enough reason well, to cut your own hair. The other thing is, you know, as your hairline changes and you get a bit older, you've got a few choices. You can cover it up or you, you can get rid of your hair completely, which is what you've opted for. Um, <laughs> Look, to be fair, I didn't really have much of a choice. <laughs> I didn't to shave it off. No, I had to shave it but off. But you could have left like Krusty the Clown flyaways, you know. Some people do that, like a mad professor sort of look. You've gone for the sleek aerodynamic look. Um, and what I'm trying <laughs> to do is retain my hair, but uh, just, you know, work with the hairline that is changing over time, I think. And I sort of, I wanted to go for like a, you know, I think Liam Gallagher's really aged quite well. <laughs> so I Would looked we up, say aged quite well? Yeah. Well, okay. you know, but he's had some wacky haircuts over the years, but at the moment he's got this like short mod look. So I looked at a picture of Liam Gallagher. I looked up how to do a short mod on YouTube and then I stood in my bath with a pair of scissors and, a, and I went for it. <laughs> with a mirror? Uh, yeah, there's a big mirror and then I got a little hand mirror as well. <laughs> This just sounds like a really bad idea. And look, on the um <clears throat> on the internet here, it looks um not bad. Yeah. I'm not sure what it looks like in real life. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll see it one day, don't worry, and then you can the full criticism yeah. can come through. Should we get on with the show? Yeah, let's. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear my theme music? I can't wait. I've made it for us. Here we go. Hit me. Okay, that is pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was up all I night. appreciate this. I approve. I approve of this theme song. Okay, good. I really wanted to hammer home the, uh, like, pull in as many 90s cliches as I could find or think of. So, you know. I love a 90s cliche. Oh. I am a 90s cliche, so I love that. <laughs> that was perfect. It was right up my alley. I'd have brought that. I'd have brought Hit Machine 13 just because that song was on there. <laughs> well, I'm flattered. So, actually, while we're on who you are, who are you? <laughs> uh, so I am Alexander And I'm Alex 
And this is Fruity Alexia, episode one. Welcome, listeners, to our very first episode, our foray into podcasting. Yeah. And what are we actually doing? I've, Great I've question. Record. What are we actually going to talk about? <laughs> Great question. So, um, you know, a recap show, um, really, about a pop culture from a simpler time. Oh, yes. um, you know, we're going to watch a show that is near and dear to our teenage hearts. Um, and I think actually a lot of Australians' teenage hearts as well. Um, the original and I think seminal era-defining reality series, um, the original series of Pop Stars Australia. How exciting. I think the, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how we came about this idea, but it, I think it was because I was watching YouTube drunk on gin late one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds about right. And I just, you know, I came across this series again and I I think I watched it all the way through beginning to end and just, you know, remembered how uh, how much... I loved it, but also just quite shocked about how much has changed, <laughs> particularly around like the format of real reality TV, you know. Sure. I mean, it was yeah. the first, really the first reality television program in, in a lot of ways. Certainly, you know, a, um, in a way, I guess, a forebearer for a lot of reality programs that we know now, certainly music reality programs. Yeah. And you can see little germs of um, how it all started in there and some things they get rid of, some things they cling on to, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it all coming up. But um, before we do that, uh, who the Dickens are we? So I, <laughs> I scripted that line particularly to include the word Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, uh, my name's Alex Hui, H-O-U-Y, but uh, for the first 36 years of my life I was Alex Dick, D-I-C-K, um, but I'm sure you can all appreciate why, you know, I got married and took my wife's name. <laughs> <laughs> not not because it was Dick, but because you're a tradition, you're a modern day um, romantic. Exactly. No, you know yeah. what? So for the first 36 years of your life, your surname was Dick. Yep. Um, for the first 36 years of mine, I've been a Dick. Uh, so uh, my name is Alexander Jenkins. Um, I don't have any fun puns, I'm afraid. Jenkins doesn't really lend itself to much. No, it's true. Yeah, it doesn't even really rhyme with anything. Not really. No, did you? I get... mean, Jerkins. I used to get Jerkins. Okay, a little yeah, bit I was in wondering. School. Yeah, well, it's not that good though. It's kind of lame. Yeah, it's not like Dick, is it? You can't. <laughs> you can no, have a well, there's nothing quite like Dick. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I'll let that one pass. I mean, you but... <laughs> don't have to tell me. <laughs> um, so I guess we have known each other for. I, have even lost count of how many years. Yeah, hundred years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I suspect we went to primary school together, but I mm. didn't really know you then. I do have this image of you and your sister sort of walking through the, the playground, you know, like a little row of ducks with some other student in front of you. And it was like literally in height order of you, your sister, and, and maybe it was even your biggest sister at the other end. I can't quite remember. But Possibly. Yeah, walking yeah, around the little oval there. Yeah. Well, we did, we did go to primary school together, mm. um, but we we weren't friends in primary school. Um, we were in different split classes. You know, there were five and six, year five and six classes. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, but we sort of only really got to know each other in high school and mm-hmm. more uh, specifically we got to know each other while we were doing musicals in high school. That's right, yeah. while we were um, tripping the light fantastic yeah. with um, other teenage thespians of the day. Exactly, and bless them Some all. Some of which who have gone on to become absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I think 
we're included in that, are we? That, I don't know. I mean, here we are. Here we are recording Fruity Alexia. So is that yeah. nothing? I'm not sure. Exactly. You tell us, listeners. Yeah. And remember, if you're listening to this episode, you were here from the beginning. So you're going to be, you know, in 20 years' time when you're, you know, looking at signed pictures of us, you'll remember this very first episode where we're introducing That's absolutely ourselves. right. And, you know, we can't have been nothing, just like those th- other thespians that have amounted to nothing. Exactly. Here we are and you're listening to us instead of listening to them. So thank you yeah, but for I, validating our existence. I can safely say for me, up until now, pretty much nothing. But, you know, I, I have worked... <laughs> <laughs> I've worked quite a bit in theatre backstage and I've done a bit of like media production stuff as well. So, you know, podcasting seemed quite natural, even though, you know, I really don't like, you know, we're potentially filming this for later use. We'll see if that happens or not. But I don't really love being on camera, but I'm going to get over it just because, you know, I like to be in a room, albeit a virtual room with you talking about uh, 90s TV. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Alex is underselling himself, I think. Um, you know, he's worked at the Royal Opera House in London. He's worked at the Sydney Opera House in Australia. Um, in Sydney. He's worked for, uh, in Sydney. Yeah. And he's worked for a number of, um, you know, really cool, important um, theatre companies and um, uh, television companies. Um, network so he's underselling himself but that's fine that's his thing and i'll oversell myself here we go um i'm just going to take a little break listeners while uh, we do this segment yeah probably (laughs) go if you need to go for a wee go now yeah yeah and come back when i finished um i am a uh failed actress there is no other way to put it really is there (laughs) 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 i mean pretty much i had a um you know I had a, a very successful career yeah. as an extra for a very long time. Exactly. And you shouldn't, you know, put yourself down about that because what would Neighbours be without all the background actors in it? <laughs> <laughs> you jest. It would just be jest, two models standing in an empty room. <laughs> it would be. It would be so boring. Yeah. And you know what? I like to think of myself um, as having contributed to many years of Australian television um, you know, um, legacy uh, in a way of neighbors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically did a, a lot of a- extras work and voiceovers and a whole bunch of different things. And yeah, and you're, uh, you're friends with ourselves. Agro as well, aren't you? I, my, I've met Agro. I reckon Agro is probably somebody that um, I probably was most starstruck by, actually. Probably Agro. All right. It was pretty cool. I, I kind of freaked out a little bit. Agro was pretty awesome. Was it, hang yeah. on, was it the person or the puppet itself that freaked you out? <laughs> It was the puppet. I had a photo with him and um, I met the person too. I was less impressed by the person. But the puppet was really, really cool. You know, for anybody who used to watch um, his morning television program, Agro's Cartoon Connection, um, it was really cool to meet him and have a photo with him. It was really, really cool. And, I mean, you know, I'm rarely starstruck by people. That's not true. I'm starstruck by everybody. Um, You know, anybody. If there's somebody walking into a supermarket, I'll just be like, get my phone out, take a photo of them, like, if I can part, you know, yeah. if I'm in like someone the, famous, the you mean section. not just random strangers, no, not, not regular people, boring. <laughs> but if it's somebody even remotely famous, if I'm in sort of the green grocer section, I'll like, you know, part or like the herbs or like the green leaves and just sort of take a photo through my Woolworths. Okay, so Pop Stars Australia. Uh, we think filmed in 1999 and aired in 2000, going off the um, very thoroughly researched Wikipedia page, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we think, yeah. Yeah. So what was the series actually about? 
So it was already a series, Popstars was already a series in New Zealand and it had formed a um, girl band in New Zealand um, and then the show was bought in Australia by Screen Time and it was kind of like a collaboration between uh, the Seven Network who were going to air it. Um, New Idea magazine ran the actual um, ads for the auditions um, and Warner Music and Grant Thomas Management. So Warner Music were the people who were going to offer the record contract and Grant Thomas Management were at the time a really important uh, management company for musical acts in Australia. They had um, Human Nature were probably their biggest, uh, you know, act at the time. Yeah, and so why are we, when I threw this idea of rewatching pop stars at you, why, what made you excited about it? I mean, I said a little, little bit earlier, you know, pop culture from a simpler time, um, I think I, like a lot of people, probably reflect on these things and think, you know, it seemed like everything seemed a little, little bit more innocent. You know, pop stars and early reality television particularly, you know, this is before social media. Yeah. You know, those people, they were genuine nobodies when they joined those shows. And, you know, they auditioned with the very best intent. Perhaps they did want to get famous, but they really did audition um, to be pop stars at that time. Whereas now you've got a whole bunch of different reality programs and people really just join up to be famous. Some yeah. of them some of them are genuine. I don't want to discredit everybody, but generally as a rule of thumb, you do get that kind of flavour for these um, people that join these shows. They've got a lot of Botox. They've had a lot of filler. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of work done. They've already got a huge following on social media. That's partly how they get cast on these shows. Oh, right. Whereas back in, you know, 2000, 1999, 2000, you know, these young people auditioning for Pop Stars Australia, they really wanted to be pop stars. You yeah. know, the Spice Girls had only been around for three years or something at this point and they were the biggest thing in the world. Um, and it was a huge, huge uh, carrot that was dangled in front of these people. So, you know, if there's anything for us to really pick out of that time from 20 years ago, pop stars, we would be remiss not to talk about it. It's true. And it was a very erudite answer indeed, of course. But I think when I asked you, what I really wanted to segue into was your um, CD collection from the time and maybe some posters that maybe you had on your wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> how many how many CD singles do you think you had? At like, the time, yeah. probably about 300. I mean, I, would, I spent all of my pocket money. I used to walk out to Brashes, for yeah. those of you who... Those of you who don't know what CDs are, they used to be sold uh, in shops and they played music. You put them into your CD player, <laughs> your stereo. Yeah. Um, and I used to walk out to Brashes with my pocket money and I would put CD singles on lay-by and they were like $9.95 at the really? time. That was so, yeah, $9.95. And I used to put them on lay-by and I loved them so much and I would, um, you know, I would listen to all of the remixes and I thought it was super cool and I loved them so much. So probably we had about 300. How many, how many shelves did it take up, do you reckon? Uh, I had one of those really big, ugly, white laminate corner desks that yeah. people probably listening will be familiar with from back in the day. Yeah. And I reckon it probably filled the whole thing, okay. those CDs. Yeah. Was it like Kmart standard issue, bought at the Salvos? Probably yeah. then it wasn't. <laughs> Kmart, I don't think it was Kmart at the time, but probably basically these days it would be Kmart. It was before Ikea, put it that way. Yeah. Um, now we've come up with a name for this, Fruity Alexia. Um, I'm hoping people get the pun. I mean, we're both called Alex. So that's kind of the pun, really. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, I felt like we were we were trying to think about, um, you know, what is something that was camp and funny and silly from twenty years ago that, you know, we really liked or that was really 
embarrassing really and yeah. kind of spoke it's, to that it's and, got that um, element of trash as well it I really think does the, have the element you know, of trash the cask and you know wine. you think about drinking cask yeah. wine fruity lexia you can't go past it and uh you know alex and alexander fruity alexia yeah why the hell not at least 50 percent of us is fruity and it's not the gay half <laughs> yeah are we going to leave that cryptic for now <laughs> sure yeah okay. that's right all right yeah we don't need to out anyone on the first uh, that's episode. right yeah. we don't out people here. no exactly yeah um <laughs> unless you pay okay. if you pay we out people yeah on the patreon we- <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we do end up doing that anyway there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, but before we do that, I want to know what does this sound do to you? It's quite long, but it would be sacrilege to cut it out now. Let's just play it out to the end. can't even tell you what that just did to me. <laughs> it's so weird that a song where the lyrics are literally 
do 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 and ba ba do It's so weird that that ignites a flame in within me, what, um, like it does. Yeah. What's exciting is you know just the theme songs was something back then because the TV would just be on, and so you're listening out for things like that as your cue to this is my program, this is my program, and then like running to you know be all excited and find out mm. what happens that week. Well, I don't know if it was just us, but um, in you know, over in America and stuff, they had DVR recordings. You know, they could record television way earlier than we could. And um, the only way that I think, you know, we could really record television was if you had a VHS tape in the actual machine and you pressed record when the show came on and the show, the TV had to stay on the channel to record the the program and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, if you missed it, you know, you missed it. And uh, when that theme song used to play, I think it was a Sunday night the show aired, maybe 7 o'clock, 6.30 or something on a Sunday night. When that song would play, it would, uh, you know, it would just freak me out and freak my sisters out and we'd race at the TV. It was so exciting. It was such a big deal that um, pop stars were starting. It was so exciting. And everyone watched. You know, everybody was tuning in. It was something like at the time, you know, two and a half million people at its peak in Australia were watching that show. It was rating higher than Friends. Really? It was rating higher than Friends' first run episodes at that time. Suck on that, Monica. Yeah, suck on that. Uh, (laughs) So it was at that time. It was a huge deal here. Yeah. So I was definitely one of those, you know, two and a half million people and – yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through episode one today, I think, and just break down what actually happened and you know relive some of the excitement. So I thought I'd just do a quick like scene by scene what happens, so we can get that out of the way and talk about actually what's going on in the show. You know, sure. the between the lines part of it. So anyway, the opening montage um, episode one uh, sets the scene straight away. We meet the first. Sorry, we meet the judges first. Jackie O, who doesn't seem to have aged at all. Um, I don't know if she has a portrait of herself in the attic or something that <laughs> is aging for her. <laughs> she was um, she was beautiful then and she's yeah. beautiful now. Or maybe it's Kyle. Maybe that's why Kyle's aged so badly. <laughs> <laughs> look, anybody's going to look rough sitting next to um, Jackie O. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of looking rough next to Jackie O, the next judge <laughs> is Chris Moss, who's like a He's, he seems nice enough, a bit mole, mole manny, maybe, <laughs> bit of a <laughs> bit of a moustache, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the moustache, the whole thing. It's it's a real, it's a vibe. Yeah, it's a look. It is, isn't it? And it's a very it really specific is. look that, thankfully, for now, seems to have disappeared. But who knows? These things <laughs> tend to come back around. And I can't remember what what's his what's his job title. He's the uh, some kind of head of the Warner Music Australia subsidiary. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. And then there's Michael Napthali, um, with you know he's supposed to be the cool young whatever with supposed his Britpop mullet and his Hawaiian shirt, um, and you know he's he's I don't know I don't know if he he's was, an absolute asshole. Yeah, <laughs> he's a straight up asshole. There's that's, no two ways about it. That's true. Um, he hits the ground running with kill, kill, kill in his eyes. Really, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. He walks in with the biggest balls, kicking them along the ground. Yeah. And he is not afraid to sh- kick them in in front of people. I don't think he yeah. is really, really in it. To, and a bit of in it for blood. A bit of a fan of himself as well. I think. I mean, you know, we'll talk about all these people a lot more throughout the series. Yeah, so. sure. It's the usual first episode of a reality show um, with lineups of contestants and like the bad auditions that we're all supposed to laugh at. Ha ha ha! Look at those people. They can't sing. They're wearing, you know, eyebrow piercings. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it did remind me that it was the first time that we actually saw this format. Like it's it's very rough around the edges. 
but it's really this, the first time I ever remember seeing this way of making a television show. Yeah, I mean, I think it was very new at the time and um, I think that was part of what made it so exciting for us as um, people sitting at home watching it. We'd never seen anything like it. It was a really, you know, behind-the-scenes, fly-on-the-wall-style filmed mm. kind of production and, um, you know, we had a lot of light entertainment variety programs in Australia but they were all in studios and they were all um, camera A, camera B, camera C, that kind of thing. This was really like it felt like a handicam situation. It felt like people were sort yeah. of wearing their cameras on rigs. Exactly, um, like the news crew had just been sent down to capture yeah, it. Yeah, very much. It yeah. really had that, it had quite a, um, quite a you know, breaking news kind of feel and kind of like a, a almost a crudeness to it. Certainly looking back on it now, it feels really crude, looks really crude to watch, you know, very unpolished, um, in a way unprofessional, although the Channel 7 logo is splashed everywhere and I, it reminds me how much the Channel 7 logo has changed over the years so many times. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't really feel super, um, it does not feel super modern or chic, but at no. the time it really, really was. Yeah, blew my mind. Um, so, yeah, in episode one, they're just going around Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth and Brisbane doing cattle calls. Didn't go to Hobart. Um, maybe they maybe they <laughs> knew not to come or <laughs> they knew it wouldn't be worth it. Um, but, you know, aeroplane tickets were expensive back then on handsets, so fair enough. They were. Yeah. And they were doing these cattle calls in, um, like, hotel function rooms. Yeah. You know, it was like a Marriott or a McCure or something and, um, you know, they just – you know, they set up a table over in the corner with, a, you know, an urn with some hot water yeah, in it and that's handed funny, you a little, little container of some, I don't know, Blend 43 Nescafe yeah. powdered coffee. And the little milk with the lid you peel off that you always end up squirting yeah. everywhere. Yeah, like something like Australian Idol was only a few years, like a couple of years later, right? And that's like full production, full set, you know. Moving lights, ah, screens. You see, here yeah. you go. Here's a little. Here's a little um, Australian television insight for you. Idol is kind of no different, actually, in those early rounds. Right. Um, I say this from personal first-hand experience. They do them in like you know the foyers of like the Vodafone Arena or Hang Rob on. Labor Arena. From personal and experience. Then, Hang on, you need to go back experience. to that. <laughs> <laughs> did I know no, this? Because, no, because I don't know if you knew it. Maybe you did. But when I <laughs> when I went to do Australian Idol. Um, I didn't actually, it wasn't the intention to do it, but a, a girl at school wanted to be the next Britney Spears and so mm. she wanted to go and I went with her and I sort of thought. A girl as in asking for a friend, is this what you mean, or actually someone else? No, really okay. a girl, really a, a friend of mine and okay. she was really cute and fun and she wanted to be the next Britney Spears. She was obsessed with Britney Spears. And um, I said, sure, I'll come with you. And I really hadn't given it much thought and anyway I kind of just decided that actually I would audition. And, of course, it was, you know, Nothing, nothing happened from it. But um, it was all sort of done in um, the foyer of what was then Vodafone Arena. I'm not sure what it is now. Maybe it's Hisense Arena, I think, in Melbourne. Um, and then, you know, you kind of, you did the first cattle call in like the foyer area. It was really weird. And then you went into sort of subdivided kind of conference spaces. It was really, really strange. And you just sort of walked in there with two people sitting there, two production people, and you just kind of stood on an X and sung your little song. and yeah. They told you if they liked you, if they wanted you to fuck off or not. Oh, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear on this? Or I do think we get a different so. rating? Swear away. Let's swear oh, away. Fuck, 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 yeah, it's up to us. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, well, I didn't know we had like uh, on the ground reporting handy for this. This is adds a whole <laughs> new right. dimension. How exciting. I don't, I've, you know, I've never done anything like that and maybe I'm regretting it now. But um, I've got my eye on the Great British Bake Off. So. 
<laughs> there's still hope for you yet. <laughs> you and Mary Berry together at last on oh, television. I'd love that. Oh, I love Mary Berry. Yeah, anyway, I love her too. Um, we digress. Yeah, back to the episode. So this was my this was my quick blurb before we get into the nuts and sure. bolts of the podcast. So it's going it's going well so far. I'm so pithy. And, and then they go on to do the auditions. You know, the judges give a few like yes or no answers. You know, there's just a few of them standing up and they sing a bar and a half and the judges go, no, no. And some of them, it's all very quick. They barely get, you know, two lines out and they're, and they're done. You know, there's a, a bit more um, of the cattle call stuff and they get into the round two. And then the judges, I think it's Michael Napfly, he sort of, ends by saying he's just surprised by how many people have turned up who just can't sing at all, um, <laughs> which, you know, for reality TV these days, that's actually what you want is for yeah. people to turn up not being able to sing because that's the bit that everyone, you know, everyone tunes in for at the beginning of the series. And then it sort of ends on a hissy fit from um, this one contestant who gets knocked out because basically she's forgotten her lines and then just because I think Chris Moss has a bit of a thing against her adds that she did, couldn't really move very well. <laughs> so she gets booted out because of that. But I, I feel like, you know, she gets sort of captured on, you know, on VHS tape, I guess, uh, having this hissy fit in front, you know, with the audition that's being, you know, cast live to the uh, the nation. And I feel like maybe she didn't quite realise and I don't know if anyone really realised um, what this whole reality TV was going to become. And I almost felt like she was the sort of first victim of reality TV that I can remember at least. She was either the first victim or the first bad apple yeah. of reality TV. Yeah. She doesn't... She certainly... She had a shit attitude. She did, didn't she? She doesn't From the beginning come out of, of it audition, looking very I mean, good. Yeah, she fluffed her lines and she fluffed her lyrics, which is yeah. ridiculous in its first place, but she also just had a shit attitude. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, so the one thing that I noticed was that they were really just singing the same songs. There was maybe, I don't know, five or six, maybe seven different songs that they were singing um, that they all had to audition and, and perform. One of them was My Heart Will Go On mm. by Celine Dion, which of course was huge. Um, What's Love Got To Do With It by uh, Tina Turner. It's a good question, Tina. Um, it is a great question. Yeah. Um, and what was another one that they were doing? Oh, um, Ain't tell No you, Sunshine. Tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Zig oh, Zig Bar. Nice. And she says, I mean, you know, they keep getting it wrong. Zig Zig Bar, Zig Zig Boo. Zig Zig Bar. <laughs> Zig, the girl that says Zig Zig Bar, what kind of a rock were you living under? <laughs> Wannabe was like three years early, earlier. How can you not know it's Zig Zig R? Yeah. Also, why would that even be an audition song? It is such, I mean, look, I know it's a great song. Yeah. It's not even a song that's sung. It's not like you can, yeah, you can't really belt it out. Like half of it's sort of spoken. So It's mostly spoken. Yeah. And there is, barely a, there is barely one note sung between all five of the Spice Girls in that song. Yeah, it's true. So it's a really strange song to, to, um, to have. But, of course, I guess it plays into the whole girl group thing. Yeah, and you get to know all the songs very, very, at least two bars of all the songs very, <laughs> very really well do. by the end of episode oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> you get to hear the same bit over and over again. You're like, okay, I get it. By that point, though, I think, you know, but by, by 1999, 2000, we'd all been, um, you know, been beaten to death by My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion and um, Wanna Be By The Spice Girls. It was weird, though, that they did the Ain't No Sunshine When He's Gone thing. That was strange. Yeah. You had some theory. Cover of it. it was weird. Yeah. When, I'm sure we were talking earlier and you said you had some theory. It was about what was licensed by the... By Warner well, yeah, at the time? I, my my pres- presumption is mm. just that it was um, 
the the cheaper, you know, when they're going to spend all that money on wannabe and they're going to spend all this money on what's I've got to do with it and Celine Dion, um, I presume it was just one of the various songs that they had available to them at that time. Right, yeah. Bill, with, just, Bill Withers had got them on the phone and gone, hey, I'm having trouble paying my rent. Can you chuck my song much. into the... <laughs> Alexia. So anyway, that's what roughly happened. Um, but what's most interesting about any TV and any drama is the characters, of course. So who did we meet? So I've already talked a bit about the judges. Did you, did you have any thoughts on those three? Um, I did. I mean, I think the thing is, you know, you make a good point about the characters. This was so early on in reality television that it was before producers really did, you know, assign character roles and narratives and story arcs to reality television people. I mean, nowadays the the villain is so obvious and the, you know, all the complicated sort of, you know, narratives are kind of figured out ahead of time and they're edited in. People are produced to perform to a certain uh, character narrative. This was very early on in reality television, so that doesn't really happen here, but certainly you can kind of get a bit of an idea just by who these people are. The judges, I think, um, you know, at the time I understand why, you know, they were chosen. It's still quite strange, though, when you look back at it, and I was reading an article recently that Jackie O, um, uh, it was an article that I was reading about Jackie O uh, that had a couple of quotes from her that she herself had said on her own radio program where she agreed to do the show because she was a presenter on the Oz Stereo radio network, um, but that she wasn't even paid for the show. She oh. was actually just she was actually just paid a per diem every day. So she received an envelope with oh, $60 right. or something in it, which was, you know, her lunch money kind of thing. <laughs> wow. But she wasn't actually paid any more money for the program, which really? is just so weird when you think about it. So she's still running away every day to go and do her breakfast show or whatever she was doing at the yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of explains why she turns up in sort of flip-flops and a bag over her shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Every day. You yeah, know, she's drinking, brushed her hair in, in the car just before. She has. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she's sort of drinking instant coffee, the poor love. It's not like somebody's running around getting her a, you know, almond soy latte or something. She's yeah. um, she's drinking a little, you know, Nescafe instant coffee. Oh, bless her. Um, but, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, I think it was um, it was also so early on where, you know, judges didn't really have pre-aligned or predetermined uh, characters either, you know, Australian Idol or American Idol or X Factor or The Voice or any of those shows. They, the judges, you know, they have a predetermined character to play. Yeah. Um, this was kind of so early on and so crude that really it was just three industry people making a decision. Yeah, it's almost like, like it is more like a documentary, like we're going to put on this competition and we're going to stick the camera crew there and whatever happens, happens. And it does feel like th- those three are there particularly for their, you know, their roles within the company rather than their um, presence on the uh, on the camera, which is probably totally. why they got Jackie O because she, you know, she does have presence and uh, the other yeah, two I, I assume yeah, leave time, a little I mean, to be desired. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I assume at the time, um, sure, it makes sense to have a um, radio personality on there, but it certainly mm. doesn't hurt that she's beautiful and young. And, you know, you're absolutely right. They did need some kind of a personality and presence because they weren't going to get it from a middle-aged man with a moustache. Yeah. And um, I think Michael Napthali was wearing his personality in his Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. And she's she's the one that sort of feels conscious about the fact that there are Feelings. cameras there. Oh, yeah. The other two are just, yeah, the other two are just happy to, you know, tear people apart in front of everyone. And she you can feel sometimes in the periphery she's there like managing what the audience are going to think about what's happening on camera. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's partly because she's the only one out of the three of the judges that's talent. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that was her first time on television as far as I'm aware. And I think, you know, she when you're talent versus somebody in production, I think you have a different appreciation or understanding of what should or shouldn't be done or said or shown. Whereas the other guys, you know, they just had the other judges, they just had their own careers and they were just doing this because they had to. There was money in it for them. There was no money in this for her. You know, that's the reality. Yeah. Their roles, they were going to make money in their actual jobs from whoever this band was going to be. Yeah. Jackie O, poor love, she was just going to hit play on a on a record yeah. on a radio station. There was no money in this for her, <laughs> poor thing. Were the other two getting per diems as well, I wonder? <laughs> I presume they probably were from Channel 7. Yeah. I was trying to work out if I could if I spotted any of the bands because hopefully by now everyone, you know, if you're interested in pop stars, you probably know who actually ends up winning. You know, we'll probably spoil it a bit along the way. So if you're really worried about that, go back and watch it all first. It's on YouTube. Um, but I was trying to see if we could spot any in like the opening montage because I feel like they're at this point they're filming it not knowing who's going to be in the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe we see like a quick glimpse of Chantal Barry. We do. She's the very first one I think yeah. in the whole episode that we actually see is Chantal Barry. Yeah, and a bit off key do you think? Would... Very. Yeah, okay, good. It wasn't just me. <laughs> no, upon watching it again, yeah, they weren't really that good, like in their auditions anyway, put it that way, Yeah, in exactly. their first auditions. Yeah, and then um, Belinda Chapel. I think you see her at the beginning wearing like furry glasses or something and then she does mm-hmm. a bit of a like she's featured a couple of times like singing and she does some weird like, I don't know, she sings and sounds fine but then she does like this weird like boof, boof and like beats her chest and... Looks awkwardly yeah, at the camera. Strange. I have no idea what that was about. I wonder <laughs> if that was the way that her hand kind of moves from her chest or her tummy. I kind of feel like does she mean her heart's beating out of her chest, like nervous, like, uh... you know, boof, boof, like maybe. I don't know. But I did think, I will say, you know, about Belinda Chapel, I did think she was fairly strong as an audition in that first episode. You know, what we see, I'm just assuming was the only audition all of them did because it was so crudely done. I can't imagine them saying, can you do it again for TV? Can yeah. You, can you do it again for the cameras? Totally. It feels like, well, whatever they got, they got and they used Yeah, in terms of footage. Yeah. There's something endearing about it though because I think, you know, if this was America, I think you wouldn't get those little moments because everyone turns up ready to, you know, have their Hollywood career laid out in front of them. But there's some, there was something nice about just little moments like that where you see the guard drop and like it just made me go, oh, yeah, this is definitely a little uh, Australian kind of thing. And then, you know, of course we see Sophie Monk who people are probably still familiar with to this day. Did you know this is where she started out before she was on Beauty and the Geek? <laughs> <laughs> before she was everything else. And um, they sort of, what do they say? Oh, yeah, Chris Moss I think makes yeah. a comment about her vibrato being so pronounced. My question um, about that was at the time, and you're the right person to ask, I think, was she playing someone like Marilyn Monroe at Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast? That's right, yeah. yeah. So she was a opera, She was a trained opera singer, like I think maybe, oh. well, maybe not trained opera singer, but she was training to be an opera singer. So that's perhaps why her vibrato was so pronounced. And um, she was. She was working at Movie World as Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Who famously had a pretty wide vibrato as well. Um, and then we also see Katie, who, I don't know, what did you think of Katie when she pops onto screen? Great question. I am a long-term fan. I'm a long-term um, Katie Underwood stan. I think she's great. I think she was so ahead of her time at the time that she was auditioning for pop stars. And I think weirdly, um, in a way, she got sort of Delta raw deal really from the whole thing. But I thought she was so cool and, you know, she turns up to this very, very first audition and she's got 
the, the narrator kind of says, oh, Katie Underwood from, I don't know, Melbourne, bought her outfit in London and she's hoping it will impress the judges. That was good. You should do voiceovers or a podcast. Thank you. I've heard that before. Um, I'm busy with the podcast at okay. the moment, okay, but good. do let yeah. me know in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, I was thinking, well, actually, she's probably not hoping the outfit impresses the judges. She's here for a singing competition. She's probably hoping her singing does, but fine, cool, because she's in something kind of crazy and fun, which is, you know, like this metallic metallic mirrored crop toppy bustier thing. Yeah, it's like um, nothing I've ever seen before or since. No. Yeah. I remember people wearing that, um, you know, they would – People in Melbourne, you know, they would be like fire twirlers in Fitzroy Gardens at mm. night time, you know, it's drinking um, really cheap vodka out of um, drink bottles. In and the Fruity Lexia. <laughs> Probably yeah. drinking Fruity Lexia or Passion Pop <laughs> and um, spinning, you know, fire twirling and doing all sorts of crazy shit in Fitzroy Gardens and stuff at night time. So I, I do remember that rave look. Um, and, you know, she had short cropped hair and um, it was a fairly androgynous look, which was so different to every other girl that we were seeing who was, you know, Super, super feminine, you know, um, and a lot of them were in crop tops and um, singlet tops and thin little spaghetti straps and hipster jeans, you know. With, yeah. Um, you know, this was the time of jeans when the pockets were embroidered with some kind of hideous sort of floral henna design um, or studded with some kind of awful little, you know, stud or, yeah. you know, um, stars or whatever. Um, so Katie Underwood kind of presented this really different um, package, I think, to them. And then they weirdly say to her, go and we like you, but go and buy more clothes and come back. Yeah. And it's like, and go, then, don't go and buy something expensive. Go and buy yeah. something like go to go down to Target and get shorts and a T-shirt. That's and, what I thought yeah. was so strange. He, he Chris Moss says to her, we like you. Can you come back and do another audition in a different outfit? But don't spend too much money but come back and, and, you know, we'd love to see you again. Yeah. And no sooner has she turned around and she's gone, yep, she's turned around she's walked off, he then looks at the others and goes, hmm, her voice wasn't that strong. Yeah. It wasn't that strong yesterday, the other one goes. Yeah, yesterday she couldn't sing at all. And now It's like, yeah. mm, so then why are you keeping her around? Although I disagree entirely because I actually think oh, she's a great voice. Yeah. But and funnily enough, out of all of all of the whole series, that's pretty much the one bit I remember is her first coming in. So she was clearly doing something right because that's just yep. stuck in my head for 20-odd yep. years, yeah. <laughs> and I also think the other thing too is, you know, I remember at the time, and maybe we'll touch on this a bit later on, Yeah. you know, that androgynous look that Katie Underwood presented in that first audition, um, you know, I think it really did um, pigeonhole and kind of brand her in a way that made her a challenge to market, I think. Right. You know, this was a time when, you know, it was, you know, it, it was such a, an unusual look, I think, on a, on a woman in, a young woman in, you know, auditioning to be in, in an mm. Australian girl band. And on TV, you know. And on TV, um, you know, cropped sort of reddy auburn, reddish auburn hair and, you know, this really funky kind of flared, low-slung pants but flared legs and this kind of weird kind of mirrored vest thing. Um, I don't really think they knew what to do with her and I think maybe she was a little bit of a victim of circumstance and time. Oh, totally. And she'd just come back from London as well, I'm sure, you know, they're always a few years ahead of us in in some ways. <laughs> sure, well, just a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was there, who else did we, did we see? Anyone else from the band? I think you get a, a shot of Tiffany Wood yep. sort of, you know, and she absolutely nails it, I reckon, out of yep. everyone. <laughs> 
You see yeah. her fl- very quickly. Yep. Yeah, and have I missed someone? I think you see Sally. You see Sally Polaronis as well. Um, a little bit earlier. Oh, Again, I never remember her. I, think... I can never remember what she looks like or who she is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Don't really know what to say to that. Yeah, I'll Google She's, it. Um... I'll Google image search her afterwards. <laughs> She's um yeah she's. It's look. It's not a great first audition. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not one of the worst, but it's not a great first audition. I'll agree with that for sure. <laughs> and then the, there's a whole bunch of people auditioning who we don't, or we follow a few of them through the audition process, you know. Um, but, you know, a few kind of, actually, a few kind of stuck out. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yes, I do remember this person. And, yeah. Um, I was surprised about that too. I was really yeah. shocked that, you know, some of these people haven't got on to do anything, but I remembered them auditioning in like one episode of this one show 20 yeah. years ago. Exactly. Crazy you, to remember them. Actually, someone that really stuck out in that specific way, I think, is Dorothy Gatuba. Oh. Yeah. Dorothy Don't we Gatuba. love Dorothy? <laughs> <laughs> we love Dorothy Gatuba, beautiful Kenyan Dorothy Gatuba, who was yeah. at the time studying at the University of Wollongong, doing something like law and I don't know commerce or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's and what they were saying. I think wasn't she it? She sings law. away. Yeah, I think so. And she's got beautiful voice, obviously. And they make a big deal of her being quite shy, um, yeah. which actually I didn't think when she was singing, like she was just standing there singing. You know, a few of the other girls went the other direction and went to brash and started like going and rubbing themselves against the judges in their auditions and I think she just chose <laughs> to stand there and sing <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you I actually yeah. thought um when you when you watch it when you actually look at a face and they kind of say oh, are you quite nervous are you quite shy or something I was kind of thinking mm, she's not really yeah you're just you just are saying that you're prodding her for the cameras weird. Yeah. like I don't think that's actually what's happening I think she's just like here's my performance yeah and did we hear more of Dorothy Gatuba? <laughs> Didn't because I looked her up and she's doing something really impressive now that I've completely forgotten. That's all right. Yeah, we we have we didn't hear we did hear a little bit more of her in in the series, I think. But yeah. um, since then, she's gone off back to Kenya, and she is now the um, head of Netflix Africa. Netflix right. Uh, African content for Netflix and she's Whoa. was, you know, one of the top 50 women in film and television in Africa and one of the twice she's been in the top 40 women under 40 All right. in Africa. And um, so she's gone and, you know, been this incredible, you know, tour de force yeah. back home in Kenya for for film and women in film telling, you know, amazing stories. So we don't have to be too disappointed that she doesn't oh, probably doesn't absolutely get into the not. band. No, yeah. Dorothy Gatuba sitting in a mansion <laughs> in Kenya, yeah. thinking back in this time, laughing at them. I'll say she's done better than everybody. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine? <laughs> she's working with Netflix. How cool is that? Yeah. If I were Dorothy Gatuba, I would buy the rights to this show and I would put it on just to embarrass everybody else. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> idea. I might send her my CV, actually. I think you should. Yeah. And then we've got um, Reggae Hill, who she's another contestant. Um, oh bless! Yeah, I really like she's reggae. Very sweet. She's got she's got very uh, a very nineties sort of dreadlocky. Yeah, red dreadlocks. Red dreadlocks or braids or something. Yeah, or yeah, whatever it is. Um, and it doesn't really. I don't know if it suits her, but it was the thing to do at Not the time. Not super flattering. <laughs> no, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, perhaps reggae will even agree with you. I don't know. Yeah, but um, she was doing her it thing. It was very it was very of the time. I think you're quite fair in saying that, and also um. You know, she also is perhaps the best example of how eyebrows looked at the time, which were really, really thin. I mean, oh, girls yeah. just plucked their eyebrows when into their lives back in the day. 
in the you know the late nineties, early two thousands. In in a lot of cases, they looked like they just ripped them off entirely and drawn them on with sharpies. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Has she got piercings as well? Um, Can't quite remember. She could have a piercing. Yeah, I the old eyebrow piercing. Eyebrow ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she has an eyebrow ring, which again was very, very topical. Well, and of the time, one of the two of us had an eyebrow piercing at the time. One of the two of us did. Who would? Who could? Who would that have been? <laughs> well, look, I think um, it's fair to say that I experimented with my own late nineties, early noughties aesthetic. Yeah. You know, when I had hair, I bleached it white blonde. And I had an eyebrow ring, which I loved because it, I thought it made me look, look like such a babe at the time. And I think it did. Well, and you know. know what? I could probably even fit it, put it back in now. Really? I haven't worn it for years because I think people oh. our age should not have facial piercings. I've just had a I brilliant think. idea. Once we get to the finale of Pop Stars, I think <laughs> we do a live re-piercing of your eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, let's do it. I'm totally up for oh, it. Oh, great. I'm going to film it, definitely. <laughs> Are you good with blood? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now, someone else popped up and I was like, I know, why do I know that name? I don't know who this person is. Doesn't look familiar at all. But the name Imogen Bailey just went like, ding, I'm supposed to know who that is. And you're the person to ask about these things. So, Quite right. Why? I appreciate, why? Yeah. I appreciate that you have come to me with this particular conundrum. Um, Imogen Bailey um heavily underrated um human she was at the time just auditioning for for um pop stars but she went on to actually have a fairly successful career as a model um you know she was did a lot of the FHMs and Ralph magazines and those sorts of things and um swimsuit modeling and she was on celebrity big brother i think really that's probably where you might know her from right. maybe i don't know 2004 2005 or something there was a, a series of celebrity big brother in australia and she had already become quite successful for her um, uh, for her modelling, and so she was on that and and um, had some prominence after that. And I think she had a couple of other television hosting roles later in her career, and also released a couple of dance singles. Of course, I have them on CD single myself. Um, yeah. But I forgot she was on this show as well. So to see her, I was um, quite excited yeah. to have realised that I was an Imogen Bailey fan before I was an Imogen Bailey fan. <laughs> So that excited me, actually. I'm glad you cleared that up because my first thought was, was she on Wheel of Fortune spinning the letters around? Was that her after Adriana? No. No, no after Adriana Xenity. Yeah. No, I don't know who that was. All that right. was somebody else. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, wasn't that Lavinia Nixon? Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> Another person. But Lavinia Nixon is a completely different person. Also a treasure, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, totally different person. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of treasures, one of my favorite, like the one kind of actually funny contestant is she's called like Jemay, actually called Jemay, I think, Kaya she's or something so like that from the Gold Coast. Mm. And she just like, she. She shouts. Yeah, she shouts. She's shouting. It's so strange. Yeah, you can hear her voice like cracking and, you know, going off and. Then- it's terrible. And she does it. She does like bits of every song because clearly she doesn't know enough of each of one song. She's just doing like. A line of every song, and she just keeps walking around the audition yeah. room. She like yeah, walks I off into in the, the back corner. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she just disappears, and she sort of walks straight through the judges, and they're just like, "Huh?" And she's waving some kind of like scarf around in the air, or some kind of bandana, or something. I don't know if it's all in an attempt to sort of distract from the fact that you know she doesn't have a fucking clue what she's saying, and it's probably just to be like, "Oh, look at me, I've got stage presence." Yeah, <laughs> and then she just goes back in the line, and she's like, 
and scene done. <laughs> but luckily, her so family weird. are there to support her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I knew you'd love is... these two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I can't. I mean, so her family are there to, to support her, and um, you know, the there's it's the only bit. This little se- sequence is the only bit in that first episode that really kind of. Um, looks like reality television today where the audio of her singing plays over the top of the footage and then it cuts from footage of her while the audio is playing to footage of her mum and grandmother being interviewed back to her and back to the mum and the grandma, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the mum is sort of sitting there and she says something to the effect of, Oh, we've we've always believed in Jemay. We've always believed in Jemay. We've got the three generations here. We've got the grandma, we've got moi, and we've got Jemay. And I've always believed in her talent. So I just think she's just so talented. I screamed. I can't even <laughs> tell you I screamed. Moi. We've got the three generations, grandma, moi, and Jemay. <gasps> oh my god, it was the best. Yeah. You can see she's And she's fully convinced too. She's like moi and she kind of like has this like demure pose with her hand goes up to her decolletage like moi and she's kind of like smizing at the camera and it's like, "Oh my god, lady, yeah. you don't even get it. This is so funny." It's like she was practicing practicing it in the salon as she was getting a font done beforehand. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on TV. What and am I going to say? When she does it, when she does it, she's like Try it's for the camera. It's totally for the camera. It's like we've got grandma, we've got moi, yeah, and we've got Jemay. And I'm like, doll, it's really not about you. Yeah. It's about your daughter who is a fucking mess, <laughs> like you. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's so funny. And meanwhile, grandma's sitting there, catatonic, needing her she has feeding. No fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> She's just sitting there. She's like, where the fuck am I? Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't know why all these people are around. Why are all these weird girls half dressed singing these same bit of song over and over again? To the grandma, this is bloody Groundhog Day. She hasn't got a clue what's going on. And then we've got also just a side note before you carry on. Who takes their grandmother to an audition? You can tell how furious I am about this because my voice just went up seven octaves. Who takes their grandmother to an audition? Yeah, I don't take anybody to an audition. No, throw a pair of balls and go yourself. Yeah, like if you were at a job interview and just oh, this is my uncle. He's going to sit in the corner. Don't mind him. It's so weird. So weird. But anyway, there you go. That was my thought on on those people. I'm going to start using that line though. Moi, and it's yeah, bring moi back. Um, we had Nancy Z as well. Oh, who bless. just she? I think actually, out of everyone, including the people who ended up getting into the band, I think she probably had the best voice out of everybody. I'm going to best that statement. Yeah. She absolutely was the best singer. There's no question. She was so much better than everybody else. She shat all over everybody. She shat all over the girls who ultimately got in the band. Having said that, she obviously hadn't read the competition details in the application form in New Idea magazine, as they say over the uh, narrator's voice. And um, then they decide, uh, sorry, actually, you're 17, isn't she? She keeps saying, I'm going to be 18 in a month. Yeah. Yeah. And then they say, look, I'm sorry, we have to. um, Yeah, it's sort of like in fairness to the other girls, we're going to have to not let you into the competition. And, you know, in my head you sort of go, "Mm, is that... In fairness to the other girls or just in fairness to the other white girls that have turned up? I, I think that's a really good question, very topical <laughs> and of the moment. Um, yeah. you, you, make, you make a great point there, Alex. I think it's a 
bit of both, a bit of column A and a bit of column B because she's unquestionably the best singer. Mm. The, that's the first thing. But you couldn't um, put her second, on the cover of Ralph magazine in that time. Not then. Well, probably yeah. not now, to be honest. I, I mean, well, you could. I think you could. But I'm sure Ralph magazine wouldn't. But, yeah, yeah certainly back then you couldn't have. Um, and also, um, you know, I wonder, you know, when you actually look back on it, you kind of see that they, in the little groups of auditionees, you know, there's sort of five girls standing in a row um, on on the spot and then the judges actually walk down the line and so each girl sort of sings and, you know, one of the judges goes, thanks, we've had enough or, yep, cool, keep going or no thanks. Then the five girls go and sit over on the side of the room and the judges have a bit of an argy-bargy and they walk over and go, great, thanks, we're going to pick person number two and number five. The rest of you, see you later. Um, and so you see that quite a lot and you realise actually pretty much everybody they're picking is white hmm. and very feminine. And I also think the other obvious thing is it's not just that that's who they're picking. It's also really that's just who's turned up. When it's you true. really get some of those big scan scanning um, camera shots of like uh, the audience or the, the actual group of auditionees waiting to come up and audition, it's very, very Caucasian. Um, so I think that's also just speaks to the time of, of when the show was filmed in terms of, um, you know, inclusivity and diversity, but it certainly, it really felt quite jarring and quite out of step today to look at it 20 years it or does, 21 years later. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the record, we're both very, very Caucasian, so maybe we should have auditioned. We might've got in ahead of Nancy Z. Maybe we should have. Maybe we should have. And the other thing I was thinking about Nancy G was, um, you know, sure, she was too young, um, but also, you know, she was an amazing singer. But really, would she have been right in a girl band? Would she have been right in a pop band? I mean, she didn't really move. She didn't really kind of have a personality. But but um, I just kind of feel like maybe she just didn't really kind of sell it. She was a great vocalist, but she didn't really sell the performance. I don't know. Yeah, and I think we sort of find out later in the series that – and really, there's some really intense like dance auditions as well, if I remember correctly. So yeah, okay. It, it is. It's not like they're going to go. Oh, this person's a good singer, but we're, so we're going to have to train them a bit in dance. You've already got to come in, sort of as the full, uh, full yeah. package because it's all. It's also quick, I guess. Um. So yeah, poor poor Nancy, too young to be in the competition. And then we had some people who were too old to be in the competition as well. This <laughs> kind of focus on. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, another real cracker of a moment, really, yeah. in this series is it sort of goes from Nancy Z to um, uh, all of a sudden, one of the cameramen is in the women's toilet, yeah, talking to two older than middle-aged women who are freshening up their lippy, yeah. In full um, leopard print. In full leopard print. Well, one of them's in leopard print. The other one's in like some sheer blouse with a bra under it, a black oh, that's bra. that's right, yeah. And, you know, they've got one of them's wearing a choker. Both of them have teased their hair up with an inch of its life. If they stood near an open flame, it would go up like a field of straw. <laughs> it would, you know, you wouldn't want to be burning. An inch. Um, they're the kinds of women that wouldn't burn real candles they'd have those weird little battery operated candles because they couldn't have open <laughs> flames in their home you can just tell and you the know safety, that just yeah. by looking at them they smell like they would they would smell like avon perfume you yeah. just know like they've covered up the smell of menthol cigarettes yep. with avon perfume they smoke a packet of holidays <laughs> a day and they all smell like amari seduction yep. available at avon you just know <laughs> and they're sitting in there and one of them goes you reckon they're going to want chicky babes oh, I then love her, yeah you reckon they're going to want chicky babes then I don't know, babe. 
Don't yeah. you reckon they're going to want Chicky Babes for a girl band? I was sort of like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I reckon, I seriously reckon that these two women who, you know, bless them, God love them, they are dressed for a night out. Oh, they yeah. are not dressed for a daytime audition for a girl band. They are dressed to impress the men, I think. Right. And they are... They they look like. Do you think they've been out guess. from the night before? Is that what you're saying? I reckon. Yeah, no, that's why they're touching up their out. lipstick. <laughs> yeah, either they've stayed out and they've just rolled in from the casino or something. Yeah. Or they've sort of been sitting around the corner in like the local leagues club or RSL. They've been drinking a white wine shandy and putting their pay packet for the week into the pokies. And drink, you know, and they're kind of they've finished their um, you know fish and chips with a side of tartare sauce, and they've kind of gone, hey. What do you reckon all those people are lining up over there for? The other one's gone, I don't know, Dal, let's go and check it out. And the other one's gone, great, let's go. And then they've just sort of turned up and gone, oh, let's have a crack at this, hey. You know, because they're three <laughs> sheets to the wind or something from drinking their white wine shandies. They're on a buzz because they won 25 bucks in the slot machines. I literally haven't heard the phrase chicky babe since... And, it, yeah, it jumped out at me. I was like, oh, God, I remember Chicky Babes. <laughs> I love Chicky Babes. I say it all the time now. People look at me like I've got a second head. Really? <laughs> yeah, so funny. Oh, dear. I did think they could both kind of sing, though. Yeah, kind of is probably yeah. the word I'd use. Yeah. They kind of could sing. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't appalling, but they weren't very good either. Yeah, The yeah. first one was okay. The second one, bloody hell, she opened her mouth to sing and all of a sudden um, uh, Barry White came out. I was like, bloody hell, where's that register come from? All of a sudden she's right down here in her boots singing this song. I'm like, geez, she smoked too much or something, that raspy voice. And you just know that after this audition they've been like, meh, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Let's go back. I've put one of the seat holders on our seat back to the pokies. <laughs> Still we'll got go the coaster over the top of my wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just know they've just walked back around. They've taken off their slingbacks as they've walked out and they've just walked around barefoot getting holes in their black opaque stockings and they've just, they've just walked back into the RSL gone, we're back, Merv, didn't work out, <laughs> you know. So I had a question for you and yeah. You've, so you've been an actor, actress, whatever you were calling it earlier. <laughs> you've actually auditioned for a reality show, but just as a, like a working musician, because I think, you know, Jackie O sort of makes the point, it's a cattle call for people who get turned away every time they call a record company. So she's sort of hinting at it being like um, it is, you know, talented, hardworking musicians who just can't get their big break. Yeah, how do you how do you find auditions generally? I yeah, guess. that point that Jackie O makes about um, you know it's an opportunity for people who can't get in touch with record companies. I mean, the reality is nobody can get in touch with record companies. I mean, really, it's so hard to really get recognised and speak to an A and R person and be listened to and be heard. And you know, if you are fortunate enough to get in contact with somebody, you know, and you do get a record contract, you know, the amount of money that goes into producing your work you spend the rest of your life paying off, you right. know, back to the record company. So uh, it's a fair point on Jackie O's part, but I do think, um, you know, not a lot of the people auditioning really had any potential future anyway, realistically yeah. in, in, in music recording. And, you know, I've done a, personally, I've done a, a lot of cattle calls in my time and that's pretty much what they're like. They're fairly brutal. Um, and, you know, you do, you, you pretty much, there's a brief. I mean, in this case, it was girls over 18 uh, to audition for a girl band um, in the style of the Spice Girls, which, you know, already gives you that kind of idea that there are going to be five different sort of personalities and aesthetics and kind of predetermined characters attached to each of those successful 
girls. Um, and that's what the brief was. You know, for me, you know, you would go to a brief for an audition or a cattle call before an audition and it would be, you know, boy, guy in his 20s, brown hair, you know, off you go. And you go and you have a, you walk in and you write your name on like a white, little whiteboard and you hold it up or you would go in with a number and you go and you just basically do your very quick thing. You walk in and you say, hi, yeah. I'm Alexander Jenkins, I am here. Is it in to, front of everyone like that though? Like is it a big group of people um, all watching you? No, it's not like, no, 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 no. It's not like in pop stars where there's, you know, 300 people in the room looking at you. Right. Um, it's, you know, usually it's in some kind of weird town hall or church hall or studio meeting room and you walk in, there's like two or three people there and you walk in, but there is a line of people and there's like a line of other people. You just get into the door, you walk in, you stand on the X, you smile. Usually somebody takes a post, um, sorry, takes a photo or like a Polaroid. Now they wouldn't take a Polaroid. I suppose they'd just take it on a uh, camera phone or something. But back then they took a Polaroid and then, you know, you maybe turn left, turn right, and then they might ask you something and you they say thanks and you walk off the other side and somebody else walks in. Um, but reality television has pretty much been the same way since pop stars. You yeah. know, that's how you audition. You go in front of a shitload of people and that's how you do it. For those big, big shows, obviously shows like The Bachelor and Married at First Sight and all of those programs, mm. they're done like with casting directors. It's yeah, a totally yeah. different thing. They're actually proper casting directors, you know, um, that actually seek out those particular personalities for those shows. In a regular thing, it would be it would be people. It would be a bit more private, and you're not getting told straight away. No, you're terrible. Please go away, like you are in pop stars. Uh, in some cases, you are. In some you are, cases, okay. you aren't. So, in some cases, you might go out and you just wait for 15 minutes, and they'll come out and they'll say to you, "All right, we're going to keep person A, B, and." D, okay, cool, and then everyone else leaves yeah, sometimes. Gotcha. Okay. But generally, no. Generally, you leave and your agent calls you and say, says to you, you know, oh, the go-see was you know, a cattle call or a go-see, same yep. thing. The go-see was, you know, a bit of a bust, sorry, or they say, yeah, cool, they want to see you again for a proper audition and then you go back for an audition. Yeah. It's usually, it's not, it's pretty brutal in that it's quick and you have no time to impress anybody because really you want to kind of, you know, you have, you, those people are seeing hundreds or thousands of people a day. Yeah. For you, it's your one shot. For them, you're like their 613th person or their 7,000th person for the day. But for you, it's your first and only time. And uh, so it, the the stakes are much higher for you than they are for them. Yeah. And it feels like that. It really does feel like that. And do you think the percentage of people who are talented is a bit higher than it is in a pop star's cattle call? Like... I'm sure there's obviously once in a while you're standing there with people who just absolutely uh, fluff it, but generally everyone's about even and it's just... Yeah, I mean, I think you if you're going for a cuddle call or a go-see in an industry, you know, like television or film or, or um, theatre, where you have studied or learnt or, you know, worked in the space already, um, I think probably there isn't a degree of that where there is probably more talented people auditioning to what degree of talent is, you know, completely subjective. But, I, you know, in this case of pop stars, thousands of girls, all they had to do was buy New Idea magazine for $2.90 and they could rip out the form, fill it in and send it in. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm not sure that that many talented people in, in, you know, in inverted commas, talented people really turned up for pop stars, or pop stars auditions. Whereas, you know, if you are going for the role of um, Angel in Rent as an audition, yeah. you know, you How did know, you know? If you can or, 
Pardon? How did you know I'm going for that? <laughs> you wish. I'm trying if to get my alpha for... register going again. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm, if you're going, that's exactly a good point. If you're going to audition for Angel and Rent, you know if you can or can't hit the notes and, and yeah. sing the song. And you're probably you know likely you to be making a living doing it anyway in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know if you can or can't, um, you know, do an accent or if you can or can't, you know, commit to the physicality of something or the dance because, you know, if you're doing something like West Side Story, mm. you know you're going to have to dance. You know, it's a big, big part of the job. Um you know, Oliver or one of these big productions that are huge, um, you know, whereas if you are, um, you know, doing a Neighbours or a Home and Away, kind of irrelevant if you have to dance and kind of, and also those characters are so written so far out in advance, you know what they're going to be up for like three or four months out before you even start shooting. It's a tough world. Whereas, it is, whereas with these girls, you know, they really, these girls auditioning for, for pop stars, they're just turning up in their best bando top, learning three bars in a chorus of some song that they should know in their sleep and they're just you know praying that they can impress and be the one you know yeah this is my moment i do wonder if the five that got through i suspect they most of them had already had some kind of you know professional career going into yeah it. i think yeah. katie underwood seems to me she she seems to me like she must have done musical theater or something before yeah uh, and Belinda Chapel, she seemed to me, um, I think they say that she had done some modelling. Yeah, she's like um, actor-slash-model kind of person. Actor-slash-model, yeah. yeah, she's a slashy. Yeah. But uh, she definitely seems like she's had some of that as well, um, you know, theatre sort of. She's got quite a presence. And Tiffany Wood, she's got quite a presence as yeah, well. Yeah. I know that she doesn't really come into it officially until a little bit later. Oh, but yeah, spoiler You can alert. kind of tell yeah. that there is confidence and experience there. You know, they're a bit like theatre kids. And uh, did any anything we've missed? What have we missed talking about today? Anything you've got a burning desire to chat about? Hmm, probably not. No. I've got a burning something. I don't know if it's a desire to chat about anything else. No. <laughs> I guess in that case. But I think I can get a cream for that. Yeah, if you're already burning up, <laughs> I won't ask where. <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Right. If you're enjoying Fruity Lexia so far, it's the end of our first episode. Can you believe we actually got here? Well, at the moment, yes, but okay. let's just see how it goes. All right. Well, yes, I can. We'll let it settle with you for a few hours and then I'll text you at midnight tonight. So if oh. you're enjoying our Fruity Lexia so far, and we know you are, please uh, tell your friends about it. We are also on Instagram, so feel free to chuck us a follow at Fruity Alexia Podcast. Um, and uh, if you want to show your support uh, in the form of money, uh, which is the only way that we want you to show your support, yeah. to be perfectly honest, uh, hit the link in the show description and that will send you securely to Acast Supporter. Yeah, and you can also, you know, rate us on any podcasting app as well. You know, that's if you can't afford it, then you probably shouldn't be listening. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't afford it, you don't deserve to be listening, exactly. basically. That's what you're saying. Yeah, but if you're still listening after I just made that comment, then... <laughs> Another way you can support us is just to rate us in whatever podcast app you're listening in because, you know, it's all about algorithms these days. It's not about the quality of the content. It's about how many clicks you get at the bottom of it. So go and <laughs> click for us. <laughs> um, you can buy my photos on Etsy too. I'm going to put in a quick plug, Alex Hui Photography, H-O-U-Y. Uh, lots of pictures of Iceland to put up on your wall. Is there anything you want to plug other than your scalp? Other than my hairline, no. And you know what I would not do? I would not have my hairline plugged. There is this guy that gets around here in Brisbane and he has his hair plugged and it is so unconvincing. I'm not saying it doesn't look good on some people. It does look good on some people. Yeah. But um, this particular guy looks 
terrible. It literally looks like he's been to Bunnings and bought some AstroTurf and that's what he's had implanted into his skull. It is so sparsely done. It looks like he, instead of not even AstroTurf, it looks like he's bought like, I don't know, some kind of clumping thrush grass or something. You know, it's just sort of <laughs> clump, 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 clump. It's oh, like, charming. babe, doesn't look so great. Yeah. And he has it dyed yellow. Oh. It's not even blonde. It's in desperate need of a toner. I can't handle it. Yeah. So, no, nothing I want to plug. You know what I do want to plug? I'll tell you what I want to plug. I want to plug hair toner. <laughs> if you've got blonde hair, get your hair toned and keep it toned. There's no excuse. I don't want to see your yellow or your green sort of violet undertones. Not interested. Okay, well, I feel like... That's my plug for the day. <laughs> we've come full circle talking about my <laughs> own hair problems and we've come onto your hair problems now. <laughs> well, not mine, everybody else's. Exactly. I don't have any hair to make blonde anymore. Yeah, well, you do have a very fetching beard, which we can discuss next week. You say fetching, I say majestic, but that's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. Bye, everybody. See you. And I uh, lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, I was looking at you picking your nose. <laughs> I didn't. I scratched my nose. I just did this. I didn't even pick. That's getting edited out. It is. Yeah, yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.